Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. He's Alex Uplinger. Follow me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Follow the podcast at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. Alex managing that account as well as his personal account at Alex underscore Up7. It is NFL Week 17 as we record here on my birthday, believe it or not, as I'm a year older today, 27 years old, for your boy on a Wednesday, December the 29th, and uh, right in between Christmas and New Year's, uh, and uh, we bring in Alex now. Alex, every week I feel like we always say, up oh, another week, you know, we're getting closer to the end, but I will say this, it is nice knowing that we do have that extra week this year because... I've already kind of caught myself during the week and had to remind myself that it is not the final week of the regular season yet. So a little bit of a silver lining there, I guess. Right, buddy? <laughs> exactly. Week 17 looks so looks so gloomy on paper, but then we got that extra week 18. So, yeah, I'm I'm juiced up and there's a lot of a lot of playoff implications that might come down to week 18. So that could be a lot of fun. I assume this year they're going to do the same thing with all the games at the same time, like 1 p.m. So, Yeah, and it looked like yeah, we saw that. Playoff I, can't, I can't remember what the exact scenario was or why they moved Baltimore and the Rams to an early window game. But we saw in Arizona and Dallas got moved to the late window. So we saw some some of that scheduling stuff going on already this week. And, yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, like it's definitely a smart move on the NFL's part to – 
uh, you know, make these teams that impact one another be playing at the same time because it would change the complexion of the game. And for us as gamblers, it would change a lot if, you know, circumstances of a playoff spot have already been determined by the time kickoff goes off. Yeah, that's huge. I like how that's one thing that Major League Baseball actually does well. You know, the last game of the season, when you have those wild card implications, they play. I think they play all the games at the same time. So there's no one, you know, looking ahead or out of the race come the next game. They actually do that pretty well. So let's jump into it then and waste no more time and get to the NFL Week 17 rotation. And we'll start with a game that is certainly an intriguing one as the Las Vegas Raiders travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And it looks like maybe a limited bit of a limited marketplace here, but some books are hanging. Bet online being one of them, a, a six. That's Indianapolis laying it at home, total of 45. Certainly that number with Indianapolis close to a touchdown home chalk would indicate that Carson Wentz will be out there. Of course, Carson Wentz not vaccinated, tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this week. But with the NFL's change in protocols to allow even unvaccinated players that test positive to return within five days, it looks like Wentz will have time if he can test out this week. So there's the obvious caveat. But Alex, the Raiders have been uh, pulsing their season a little bit here with the Monday night win against the Cleveland Browns and then last week beating the division rival Denver in what was a loser out game so certainly the Raiders still alive and they get some help with another division rival going down the LA Chargers choked against the Houston Texans so the Raiders are in this thing uh, and whether or not they can get all the way to the playoffs is another story as Baltimore is one of the teams battling for a playoff spot in this you know seven seed gray area in the AFC and of course Lamar Jackson remains sidelined for the Ravens so perhaps some breaks for the Raiders and Indianapolis not clinched a playoff spot yet but the Colts certainly looking in much better shape after those losses by Baltimore and by the Chargers excuse me last week and with a win of their own against the Arizona Cardinals on Saturday night Christmas Eve Christmas night I should say so that's the setup both of these teams in wild card positioning, Indianapolis in much better shape than Vegas. So obviously a lot more to be had here for the Raiders. I do think if you had to play this game now, it's probably Raiders or pass on the basis that there's more on the line for Vegas. We don't know right now as we record on a Wednesday night what's going on with Carson Wentz and if he will be on the field. And, you know, I, the only reason I'm staying away, I, I don't like the East Coast going or West Coast going East. 10 a.m. body clock game. I, I don't I don't love that. And there's been some coaches. Kyle Shanahan's been very good in the Eastern time zone. Sean McVay has been very good in the Eastern time zone. So there have been some coaches that have been good at it. But Rich Bisaccia, obviously an interim coach, a little bit of a cause for pause there as well. So it's going to be a pass for me. But if you stuck a gun in my head and said take the side, I would take the points with the road dog. It's definitely Raiders are pass here. It looks like that. Wentz is going to play with these COVID protocol changes that the NFL has made this week. It's kind of interesting that they did that so late. It's like they don't want to see these games come down to backup quarterbacks. I was kind of hoping that it would be uh, Sam Ellinger just so we could get the Colts to like minus one or even a pick them. And then you would just see Taylor absolutely shred this team. And I think the Colts win this game, but, Six and a half feels a little high. 
it's very interesting to see how many of these playoff races are so close on both the AFC and the NFC. Just looking, you have the the Dolphins with the the seven seed, that extra wild card. They're eight and seven, but then you have the Chargers eight and seven, Raiders eight and seven, Ravens eight and seven. Just really going to come down to the last two weeks of the season, which is awesome. Very exciting for fans and betters alike. But yeah, it would be Raiders or pass for me. I don't know if I can quite get there, although the Raiders have looked a lot more invigorated as they're piling these wins up. I just don't really want to go against the Colts right now. So let's go to uh, staying in the Midwest, and uh, we're going to go with the Chicago Bears hosting the New York Giants. This game, uh, maybe not intriguing for anybody outside of, you know, fantasy football championships and us gamblers, as both of these teams will not be heading to the playoffs. Uh, They made their trade in the NFL draft, and uh, Chicago moved up to the Giants' original slot to come get Justin Fields. But uh, we don't know what the quarterback situation looks like entirely for Chicago. And Dallas, it was something that you had talked, or excuse me, Alex, it was something that you had talked about where in a weird way you you were saying you like this more and you would actually lay the points with the Bears if Nick Foles was the quarterback because the offense looked actually somewhat competent in some snowy conditions there in Seattle last week. Foles leading the Bears back to a 25-24 victory as they get the two-point conversion after scoring the late touchdown. Demir Bird hauls it in and the Bears upset the Seattle Seahawks. A funny story actually. I knew somebody uh, in a survivor pool who lost on the, he was, it was just two people and you know, he was one of the two left and he lost on the chargers last week earlier in the day. And then in the late window, the other guy left had Seattle and the way that the pool works is they only split the pot if it's the last week of the season. So basically if everybody that's left loses, you get a lifeline and it was just these two people left. So had Seattle won, my buddy who I knew would have been, you know, out of luck. But the full, the comeback from Foles uh, kept him in it. And of course, he's an Eagles fan, so he loves Foles. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. And and yeah, I mean, it's right in a weird way. Nick Foles can give offenses these shot in the arms that you know for a very short amount of time. And obviously, for the Eagles, it came in the playoffs, can make them look pretty competent and he's just not consistent enough to be a starter in the league, but that's looks like that looks like what was going on with the bears. So you lean with Chicago, but again, the quarterback situation is uncertain. And I mean, what can we say about the giants? I mean, is there anything that makes you want to bet the giants right now? <laughs> not really neat. Maybe their defense, but unfortunately Glennon and from, they both fucking stink. There's really nothing to get excited about the offense. I, yeah, if this is Foles, I would lay it at six, but anything past that, I, I don't think I could play. Bears at home, I think that's a tougher place to play. I can't see Glennon or Fromm putting out many points. I was initially thinking maybe under, but this total was so low. I think it's 37. That's just very low for an NFL game. If it's Foles, I would... I would probably get there with the Bears at six. So that would be my strong lean. 
I don't have a whole lot on this one, but the other New York team playing actually is a game that interests me a little bit. It's the New York Jets hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's the Buccaneers laying 13, total of 45. I actually think I got in at 45 and a half, and I am going to go under the 45 and a half between Tampa Bay and New York. Basically, here's what I'm seeing. Clearly, we saw Tampa Bay last week and what we felt was a get in and get out game uh, dominate the Carolina, excuse me, and cover the big number on the road. I could see a very similar type of performance here from Tampa Bay in which the Bucks do dominate, maybe even cover the big number. But I don't think that there's enough points to throw the game over the total, which is what we saw in Charlotte last week against Carolina. That's kind of what I think here, where if you're Tampa Bay, similar kind of get in, get out vibes in the sense that, you know, style points aren't going to help you at all. And this isn't college football. The style points aren't going to help you at all in the battle for the number one seed in the NFC. And you just need to win the game. And having said that, you could still win the game and cover this big of a number because the Jets certainly might struggle to even get to double digits here. Uh, but I think all of it does lend itself. Like even even 30 to 10 gives us almost a touchdown wiggle room on this under. I don't really see the Jets doing a ton against the Bucks defense. And, you know, the Bucks obviously dinged up on offense. And I think the Jets late in the year, they, they've looked a little more competent the last couple of weeks, albeit against some bad opponents. I do think uh, there's a lot of pride on the line for Robert Sala, defensive minded coach in his first year, trying to prove prove his worth a little bit more as the year ends. Not that he's on the hot seat or anything, but I think to these teams that are rebuilding like the Jets, uh, I could see uh, a little more effort than other you know teams that are you know down and out. And, you know, like you look at that Giants Bears game, that could be two teams set to make coaching changes. So what really gets either one of those teams up? The Jets, on the other hand, I, I do think there could be something to be said for if Robert Sala has a locker room, the Jets really uh, getting up and at least putting a good defensive effort together in this game. So that's why I like the under. Yeah, I love this under. I was initially looking at the Jets just because the Bucks on the road, we know how they haven't been that great on the road. Last week, we saw them really shut down Carolina, but that it's a terrible Carolina team. They're running bizarre two quarterback system with two very mediocre quarterbacks jets have a way more stable quarterback situation i could see them maybe keeping this relatively close but i think the under is a way better play here on we roll uh to the actually we're going to stay in the nfc south where it's the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Western New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. Atlanta is a 14 and a half point road underdog in this game. Total of 43 and a half. And I think, Alex, this is just an inflated point spread because it was just two weeks ago where another NFC South team traveled to Western New York, that team being the Carolina Panthers. And Carolina was a 14 and a half point road underdog against the Bills. So are you do you mean to tell me that Carolina and Atlanta are the same team at 14 and a half? That in and of itself makes me think Atlanta is the side. Of course, what's changed in the last two weeks? What would make Buffalo you know, upgraded? Well, the Bills did win convincingly. It ended up being in Foxborough against the New England Patriots in week 16. But that's where I stop and say, you know, not so fast overreaction a little bit in the marketplace here, because as I said, Atlanta and Carolina, the same point spreads at Buffalo just two weeks apart. And oh, by the way, for as as much of a mess as Carolina is right now, the Panthers almost covered that number, losing by 17 
in Western New York. So I could still see a situation and actually come to think of it. I don't think it was the point spread was even this high as it is now. It might've even been 11 or 12. I'm not remembering off the top of my head point. I think being, it was 12 and 12 and a half as well. Okay. So now actually so, that Atlanta is two points worse than Carolina. I don't agree with that. I think it's an overreaction in the marketplace to the fact that Buffalo went to New England and won. And this is essentially saying, you know, the Bills are, this is the team that went to the AFC championship game and they're going to start firing on all cylinders. Obviously, there's a little bit of a concern with a warm weather dome team traveling to Western New York this late in the year, but it's not enough for me to lay off it. I think you have to put, take Atlanta here. Arthur Smith, kind of similar vibes too with Robert Sala, what I was mentioning where you have a first year head coach, you're transitioning, you're retooling. I still expect teams like that, even if they're not in the playoff hunt, to play hard for their coach. And that's what we've seen with Atlanta, where the Falcons, certainly a few games better than the Jets, so much so to where they're not even mathematically eliminated, I don't think, in the NFC wildcard picture, even though it obviously is an uphill fight for the team down in Hotlanta. So all of that is to say that I do think Atlanta is competitive enough, competitive enough in this game to cover the 14 and a half. Yeah, it's just too many points. The Falcons are definitely still on the bubble. They're seven and eight, and you see the Eagles in the seven spot at eight and seven, and Philly in a tough divisional game on the road. I could easily see them lose this game, and then Falcons are certainly not dead. It's just it's way too many points. My biggest concern here is that the Bills are the number one secondary in passing yards allowed per game, and we know that that's what the Falcons like to do best, but I completely agree. Carolina getting way less, not way less, but less points on the road in Buffalo than the Falcons are getting. I think that's a little disrespect to the Falcons. You got to look to that side here. We'll keep rolling and uh, we'll go from the AFC East to the NFC East, where you mentioned it, Alex, that NFC wildcard playoff picture far from settled and a big game here towards settling it features the Philadelphia Eagles laying three in the nation's capital against the Washington football team. Looks like three and a halves are also out there. Total of 44 and a half. So if you can get a three and a half, I would grab it. I think we're in agreement here, home dog or a pass. I would look to Washington based on the fact that, listen, you have a veteran head coach in Ron Rivera who had his team just get absolutely embarrassed in primetime on Sunday Night Football last week against the Dallas Cowboys. If you don't think that Ron Rivera and a veteran coach like that is going to get his team back up for what is clearly a must-win game against Philly, and as you said, not mathematically eliminated are the football team, then I would absolutely expect Washington to really give it their all here. I mean, this is it. I mean, this is probably mathematically their season two, even though we felt the game two weeks ago in Philly with these two teams was going to really de decide who had a better chance of getting a wild card anyway. And it still has. I mean, the Eagles are in a playoff spot right now, but uh, certainly this is all the chips in. If you're Washington, you, you uh, lay it all on the table and hope it's enough. Three point home dog makes me think the more desperate team here is Washington. Maybe the Eagles kind of rest on their laurels a little bit now. Not only did they end up blowing out the Giants with a strong second half last week, but the Eagles obviously get some help with a San Francisco loss earlier in the week. They get a Minnesota loss, and as we mentioned, they get a Washington loss. So a lot of uh, chips fell the Eagles' way now, 
whereas Washington obviously needs to take care of its business and it starts on Sunday. So I think it's only Washington is the only way you can look here. And in what is clearly a revenge spot, too, for the football team, having just lost two weeks ago against the Eagles, having to play the Eagles with all those guys on the COVID list. Uh, it certainly would indicate that, you know, Washington division rival, you would expect them to be fired up the second time around, especially when it's this quick, especially when, when there was a lot of, you know, controversy and animosity surrounding that postponement. Eagles players pretty frustrated that the game wasn't just played on its normal Sunday slot anyway. Really like the football team plus three at home. Yeah, I love it. I grabbed Washington plus three. It was at plus 100 on the uh, win bet. I'm very much thinking that uh, all the points you mentioned are are very valid. You love Ron Rivera in this spot, way more veteran coach going up against a rookie coach. Washington secondary is not great. They're 30th in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game, but they're eighth in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game. Do we really trust Hertz to, to really sling in and throw the ball well here? I think the Washington can, can hold the ground game pretty well. And then we're going to have to see, these passing attacks beat each other. And I think Washington has a stronger passing attack. We really like Terry McLaurin. We like Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. Heineke, you know, he's tied for first in the NFL with interceptions. So that's a big concern. If he can handle the ball well and just keep this close, I think Washington has a good chance of winning this outright, which will make for a very interesting week 18 in the, in the wild card race. Yeah, I like Washington, home divisional dogs. You have to play that side. Let's go to Southwest Ohio, where the Cincinnati Bengals are a five and a half point road underdog, excuse me, home dog against the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously a high total here. And I'm not sure it's high enough, by the way, at 50 after we saw what Joe Burrow and company did to that Baltimore Ravens defense last week. And Kansas City certainly has been scoring points in bunches the last few weeks as well. You're going to lay it on the road with Kansas City, and I think it probably is is a good over spot. But, you know, I worry about the over being a little too public here with, you know, the Bengals offense, what's not to like, and obviously Kansas City and, and Mahomes, and, you know, they're getting guys off the, what did, uh, I, I think Kelsey was out last week, but Hill played, is that right, with Alex, you were. Yeah, that's correct. Were, yep. Right. So I guess they're going to get Tyreek back this week. So it just feels a little too square to, for me to play the over. Kelsey, yeah, so, this feels like the uh, Bengals feel like the squarest dog of the weekend. Yeah. That's why I love the Chiefs. Chiefs are going for the one seed. I really just want to back the the Especially better coach, better the quarterback. Did last week, and then you see them getting close to a touchdown at home. Yeah, it's it's too many. It's it's just uh, way too trendy. I, I think the Chiefs are a great spot here. They're going for the one seed. Better coach, better quarterback. And I'm just really impressed with how this defense is playing. I still don't think the Chiefs are back, how, you know, quote-unquote back, what people are saying. They beat a couple of lifeless teams, which they obviously should be. It was very convincing, though, how they really handled the Steelers and the Raiders. But don't look too far down the road. They barely covered against the Broncos. They probably shouldn't have. They got that defensive touchdown. But – I think this really speaks to how the Chiefs' defense is playing. If they can kind of stifle Burrow a little, get some pressure, I don't see how the Bengals can keep up here. I think five is too low. Anything under six 
Six at Chiefs. Yeah, I love the Chiefs at five here. I'm playing it for sure. So let's keep things moving and go to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots are a big 15-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, Alex, we were in agreement here. Uh, anytime you can get Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback, you want to look to back Bill and fade the rookie quarterback. But at the same time, it is a New England offense that we just we know is more – ball control, run the clock, game management, you know, and, and, and so when you don't have those quick strike uh, type of offenses, it makes it harder to lay this kind of lumber in the NFL. So I would not lay the 15 and a half. Having said that, I think either the full game under or the Jags team total under, probably the Jags team total under would be how you would want to fade Trevor Lawrence going to Foxborough here, because as you astutely pointed out before we jumped on, anytime you're looking at an under, you always worry about defensive touchdowns and, and quick little cheesy scores like that, which New England with this defense against a rookie quarterback could certainly accumulate. So I think it's something that we'll want to look at closer to kickoff, but Jacksonville's team total under it might be worth an investment. Yeah, absolutely. I originally was looking at the under with you, but breaking it down a little more, the Patriots defense is really strong and good at turning the ball over. And Trevor Lawrence, he's tied for first in the NFL with 14 interceptions. I think a great look is, like you said, Jacksonville team total under. I don't know how they score many points. James Robinson went out last week. And full game under is kind of a worry just with what you were saying. It's, interceptions like pick sixes or short fields and Patriots get these free scores and I could easily see them covering this number Jags seem very lifeless but yeah team total under feels like a way better play than laying the number or going full game on we roll to another team in the AFC East another team that actually another AFC East AFC South matchup uh, this one with playoff implications for both teams, though, as the Miami Dolphins travel to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. And Alex, you mentioned square dogs. I think you're probably right that Cincinnati is the squarest dog on the board. But I would not be surprised to see plenty of support for Miami, given the fact that the Dolphins have won now seven in a row. They're over 500 for the first time since week one when they beat New England in week one. And so here the Dolphins are now very much in this seven seed race we talked about it a little earlier at the beginning with vegas and baltimore and and the chargers well throw the dolphins in there too now they're getting three and the hook against tennessee but i really like the titans here to put an end to this win streak for the dolphins dolphins having to go on the road obviously circumstances much more challenging for the dolphins after what they saw on Monday night with the COVID-riddled Saints. Well, now you're talking about a short week going to Tennessee to play a Titans team that is actually has a major rest advantage here, having played on Thursday night against the 49ers. So we love that, especially late in the season. And we also love the fact that Tennessee is still very much in the thick of things here for this number one seed. That was a big win for Buffalo over New England for Tennessee because the Titans have a head-to-head -head win over Buffalo and a head-to-head -head loss over New England. So when you're talking about division leaders and division winners and tiebreakers, the Titans want the Bills win in the AFC East to invoke that head-to-head -head win over Buffalo. And, of course, they have a head-to-head -head win over Kansas City as well. So the, the Titans still very much in this thing for the number one overall seed in the conference. Miami, I think the clock strikes midnight here for the Dolphins. It's been a nice run. I think it ends here. I don't think the Dolphins end make the playoffs. 
But certainly a tip of the cap to Brian Flores for getting his team back up from a dreadful start. Completely agree. We love the Titans here. We love the Titans front seven. We think they're going to get pressure here on Tua. Bud Dupree coming off the end. They looked really good aside from those, you know, first couple drives against the Niners. And then they really shut things down and they were getting pressure. Jimmy G looked shook, throwing those bad interceptions. I think we could see something similar with Tua here. This line just feels super weird. Only three and a half. I think that's given a little too much respect to the Dolphins. It's been a great streak, but they've also played some abysmal quarterbacks. I mean, they got a layup with Ian Book last week, making his first NFL start. And then they obviously rolled and looked great. So yeah, this line Alex, feels honestly, a little like low. That's, if you actually look at the, the Dolphins' win streak, they've been getting a lot of shitty quarterbacks on their schedule. So. All bad quarterbacks, right? Besides <laughs> right? the Pretty one against small. Baltimore. That was the one real impressive one. They got a Davis Mills. Yeah, that was super impressive at home against Lamar Jackson. But outside of that game, they've been getting a lot of layups. So obviously they should be winning these games and covering. And they've looked they've looked really strong on defense. But I think the Titans can really control this game on the ground and just keep this, you know, within the number. They'll they'll very much cover this. We like the Titans defense a lot here. One final game in the early window features the L.A. Rams laying four on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, you know, Alex, you pointed it out to me, and it's unfortunate because I was ready to fire on the Ravens as a home dog, total 46 and a half. But it seems like this Lamar Jackson thing is uh, getting worse, if anything, and, and not better. So as we move forward now and try and evaluate the Ravens, it's difficult to bet on them when you know that, you know, the quarterback situation, Josh Johnson or, you know, Huntley, if he's able to get out of the COVID protocols, which I think he would be, um, you know, he held his own there towards the end, never gave up against Green Bay. Uh, but right now the Rams, I mean, let's give them credit. They go to Minnesota and the Vikings needed that game and they beat the they beat the Vikings through the Rams. And, and that's McVay in the central time zone. He's been good in the eastern time zone. Uh, one of those coaches that has the cross-country travel thing figured out pretty well. And, you know, overall, this is a Rams team that looks to be living up to the star power, at least at the moment, when you look at that big, it really all catapulted itself with that Monday night win in Phoenix, again, or Glendale, excuse me, against the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of things right now working for the Rams. I still think I got too much respect for John Harbaugh and a Ravens team coming off of a bad loss. We talked about it with Washington, right? Ironically enough, not too far along the beltway there. You have the Baltimore Ravens and both of these teams got embarrassed in divisional games last week, Washington by Dallas and Baltimore by Cincinnati. So I kind of feel like, again, veteran coach and John Harbaugh, too much pride, too much on the line here to really expect the Ravens to just lay down. But I don't think I can bet them just off the fact that this quarterback uh, kind of uncertainty only seems to be getting more uncertain. Yeah, I completely agree. We love the Rams here. Normally I would, I would take the, the dog at home, but too much uncertainty. I saw that video of Lamar Jackson today. He looked very hobbled in practice. I mean, he could barely jog down the field. I would be shocked if he played. I, they might shut this down, but they're they're still in playoff contention. So obviously they're going to be trying. And it could be Josh Johnson this this week. But the secondary is a way bigger concern than the offense. And the Rams, 
throw the ball very well. We've seen the Rams really eat teams up, especially in uh, man-to-man coverage, which we're going to see the Ravens stride. Ravens, they rank dead last in passing yards allowed per game. They give up 280 passing yards per game, and they're they're losing corners left and right. I really don't even know who they're going to roll out this week. And it looks like it's not going to be Lamar playing quarterback, which is a huge downgrade with Huntley in the protocol. Josh Johnson, potentially. But yeah, like I'm saying, the the secondary is a huge concern. I think the Rams could absolutely roll here. Let's keep things moving and a few more games to get to. Uh, Let's go with the late games now. Denver and the Chargers. Obviously, Denver dream-crushing loss against the Vegas Raiders. That was a loser-out game last week in Sin City. So it looks like it's all over for the Broncos as far as the postseason is concerned. And uh, now the questions obviously shift towards Vic Fangio's job security. So you could look at that if you wanted to try and back Denver on the road against the Chargers at SoFi. Denver catching 6.5, total of 46.5. It feels pretty public, though, and you think the Chargers are going to be in a lot of teasers down to pick them. Chargers coming off that loss against the Texans. Revenge game, two. Chargers did not play well in mile high about a month ago. Uh, Alex, I don't know. This is one of those games I'll just kind of stay away from. I can't talk yeah, myself this is a, this is a No, this is a big-time pass. I'm starting to, to doubt Staley as a coach on the, on the Chargers. I, re, I love his – aggressive tendencies but he just looks like he's getting out coached like to not get up against this Texans team last week like to not have a defense that could quell that just deep passing attack and then Rex Burkhead goes for a, a career <laughs> high in yards like that's just super embarrassing you can't, I mean yes and you can't you can't get up and defend that team I, I have zero faith in the Chargers right now I want nothing to do with this game on we roll to the Bay Area, where the San Francisco 49ers are laying a big number, 12 and a half, total of 44 against the Houston Texans. Texans coming off of that win as a double-digit underdog against the L.A. Chargers. Now they got to go out west. Davis Mills certainly looking like he may be proving his worth as the 2022 starting quarterback for the Texans. So there is that. And we have another rookie quarterback starting for the San Francisco 49ers, as it'll be Trey Lance getting the nod with that thumb injury for Jimmy G., Uh, You know, Alex, uh, I don't have a whole lot here other than I think the San Francisco team total under is kind of interesting on the basis that we don't what the hell are we getting from Trey Lance and what kind of could it be a more conservative game plan here from San Francisco? 49ers can clinch a playoff berth with a win. I don't know, again, where the style points would necessarily come in, which would lend me to think I don't know that we're going to get a cheesy touchdown to throw the game over the total. Uh, but still, uh, you know, or at least the San Francisco team total even, still more of a pass for me. Uh, the Texans coming off of that win, like, they may tap out now. Like, they may say, okay, David Coley, we, we, he's going to be back now. I would expect him to be safe given the way the Texans have played a little bit better recently. I, I, I don't really know what the Texans' motivation would be here. And I, for San Francisco, I just think with the Lance factor, it makes me – a little hesitant to back the 49ers because they have been doing so well with Jimmy G. So, you know, right? he has Jimmy G has actually impressed as of recent. And I think they could go a little more conservative with Lance, but this is a Kyle Shanahan that made RG three into one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for a year. I still 
agree with you. I think this could be a more conservative game plan. I'm generally running to to take these kind of points, but I just really don't know what yeah, to expect. You're the resident Texans backer. Unfortunately, and I didn't take him last week like a fucking idiot. And <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know what to expect. This just feels like a pass, one of those too big of lines, and I can't even know what to, to think about the over-under. I, this is just a pass for me for sure. Corner Final game in the late deep. window is the Arizona Cardinals going to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Arizona catching five and the hook. Highest total on the board at 51 and a half. No surprise there when you have Kyler Murray and company squaring off against Dak Prescott and the uh, you know abundance of weapons that he has at his disposal in Dallas. Although having said that, I do think that given that the Cowboy offense is just last week, they scored some defensive touchdowns. I don't put a whole lot of weight into that performance other than Washington was a mess. Yeah, you give Dallas some credit, but, uh, you know, I, I think the total is a little high. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that. Arizona, you mentioned it, James Conner's status may be a little up in the air. We know DeAndre Hopkins is out, so down some skill guys. We saw the Cardinals offense really struggle at various junctures of that game against Indianapolis last week. Uh, it's a, a tricky spot for me to really back Arizona in, and I think Dallas, obviously, every week is a pretty public side. I think the under is a little interesting, though, at 51 and a half, just because Dallas's offense had been so hard to trust prior to last week. And we're really going to hop back on and expect Dallas to score 35 or something like I just don't know that I can get there. I could see this being like a 28, 20, you know, 24, 21, even like a game in the 20s that obviously stays under 51 and a half. So that would be the way I would look if I played this game. I'm actually leaning to the Cardinals. I think this is a good Good spot to get five and a half. I'm just worried how well the Cowboys offense has looked and they're they're healthy. I think healthier than most units, but surprisingly, Cliff Kingsbury as an underdog, he's 17, 7 and 2 against the spread. And then as a road dog, he's 12, 3 and 2 against the spread. Usually we like to fade Cliff down the stretch because he's had so many meltdowns going back to college when he even had Patrick Mahomes, which is insane to see him just melt down in the end of the year. But this Cardinals team just hasn't looked the same without, without Hopkins. So I'm concerned. I lean that way, but I don't think I can quite get there yet. Maybe this will get bet up on Sunday. Maybe we'll see a six. It's crazy how Arizona has turned into like a plug your nose side, right? (laughs) Right at this point. And I think the, J.J. Watt loss is not being talked about enough. I think he's huge in the run game and stuffing half the offense. Especially for that team, too. I mean, like, you have a Cardinals team that lacks veteran leadership, right? And look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to kind of turn the corner right now in December and finish things up and, you know, kind of pick up some positive momentum going into the playoffs. And that's why you bring in an A.J. Green. That's why you bring in a J.J. Watt. And yeah, I agree with you. That's that's definitely an important loss. Yeah, that makes me nervous. Their defenses look not not the same at all. And then the offense without Hopkins just they don't have a sure thing, you know, third down guy like and Hopkins, Hopkins. There you go, another good. veteran who yeah. was on that team in Houston. Yeah, so, Those, you know, so exactly so, something to think yeah. about with a team that, that has had a lot of struggles in the month of December. Let's go to the primetime games now, wrapping things up. Minnesota 
heading to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Nice divisional rivalry here in primetime. Must win. Got to have it for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and they are a close to a touchdown underdog against Green Bay. Green Bay, although, uh, you know, for one seed purposes, very much uh, an important game for the Pack as well. And, you know, here you have it, Alex, where the Vikings lose last week at home against the Rams. And we kind of figured they'd split at best. And the game that we thought they'd have a better chance of winning was the Rams game, which they lost. So it's not looking great for Mike Zimmer and company as uh, Zimmer may be shown the door in just a couple of weeks. Now you would assume maybe the Vikings, do they tap out, right? I mean, still mathematically live. It is a divisional rivalry game. I think Green Bay is going to be very popular this week in teasers, getting them down a pick. Uh, you know, primetime game always garners a ton of action. And, and you're right there, going to be right there with the public and lay it. I think you said with Green Bay, I like the game over the total, though. I looked at the weather. It's going to be cold, of course. It's Lambeau in January. But uh, I don't think there's going to be – the winds don't look too bad. It doesn't look like serious precipitation. I think these teams will still be able to move the ball. And the main reason I like the over, I know – Optimal conditions in a dome in Minnesota, but 34-31 Vikings the first time these two teams played uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I, I expect a lot of points. Total at 47.5 I don't think is high enough. I'll go over the total, and you like the home chalk. Kirk Cousins primetime. Again, I, I can't get off this train. <laughs> that's I'm going to ride this train into the fucking ground. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all you need to know. But then you got Rodgers. He's 25-12 against the spread at home against the division. Going for the one seed. They can clinch the one seed on Sunday with a Cowboys loss and a win. So if you expect the Cowboys to win, the Green Bay is still very much going to be playing for a win and a comfortable win. Kirk Cousins primetime. You have to you have to go with the Packers here. I think the over is an interesting look as well. I don't really trust this Vikings defense, despite their DVOA. They've been they've been pretty damn solid. The secondary is a big concern. They let they let Breland walk the other week, and they didn't look great against the Rams, aside from a you know a couple fluky turnovers here and there. Yeah, you got to just trust Rodgers at home in the division. He's really good against the spread there. So that's my play. Last game on the rotation, Monday Night Football. It's your Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple of divisional games in primetime this week. Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns. And the Steelers are a three-point home underdog. I'm going to be right there with you. I don't know how you don't take Pittsburgh. Fire him up. Mike Tomlin off of an embarrassing loss, something we always like. Here he is as a short dog at home, coming off that bad loss against the Chiefs, as I said. And, you know, the Steelers aren't going to the playoffs. Neither are the Browns. I don't really see why Cleveland should be laying points on the road in this spot unless, you know, you know, are we, all, are we all of a sudden trusting Baker Mayfield more than Ben Roethlisberger as bad as Ben has been? Give me the better defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers catching points at home. Uh, I actually don't know. I'm going to look now if this is the last home game for Ben, then I like it even more. Um, and so I'm going to double check that. But even so, division rivalry we know that there's obviously been a lot of bad blood between these two teams the last couple weeks. And um, yes, it is the last home game as the Steelers go to charm city next week in week 18 to take on the Ravens. So I like it even more than probably Ben's last game at the ketchup bottle. 
Steelers, 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 here we come, right? <laughs> he brought it back. Here we go. I got it wrong. Love it. We love the series. You have to. We don't we don't lay points <laughs> with Baker Mayfield on the road. You never can do that. You can't even lay him at home. Bring <laughs> lay points with Baker Mayfield. We don't trust him at all. We love the Steers who it's gonna be about thirty degrees in Pittsburgh, which I think might speak to you under. These are both yeah, we, very we saw him struggle in cold conditions in Green Bay last week. Absolutely. We we love Mike Tomlin. As a home divisional dog, this is just an auto bet. Tomlin as a dog, week five or later, he's 35-14-1 against the spread. It didn't quite work last week. They looked absolutely fucking lifeless, which makes us like the Steelers even more right, now. They're exactly. back home against a divisional foe that they know very well. Big Ben just absolutely shreds the Browns. Last home game probably of his career. So this is very much a situational spot. Might think the Steelers are lifeless. They're still, you know, grasping to a playoff spot. They're not going to make it, but you still, you just have to play the Steelers here. I think they win outright. So agreeance on agreement, excuse me, on Pittsburgh to wrap things up here on another edition of Full Slate. He's Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven. Manages the podcast account as well at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. I'm Greg Frank under at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Alex, my guy, glad we could get another one in here on this week in between Christmas and New Year's. Enjoy the football and a happy New Year to you, of course. Yeah, buddy. Happy birthday. Happy New Year. Let's go week 17. Super excited. Some good games (laughs) this week. Appreciate it. And again, thanks to everybody that hung in with us all season. As I said, gave you the Twitter handles one more time at Undercover Greg, at Alex underscore up seven, at full underscore slate underscore pod. Everybody enjoy the football. And, of course, please play responsibly and drink responsibly, too, over the weekend.